Good evening, everybody. It is Manifesting with Meg in June, and I'm so excited to bring you the topic of embracing joy in June. Today, we're manifesting with wonderful Carla Fazio as we speak to the joyous adventure of learning is yours to share in June. So as you all get online and get ready for all of this wonderful information that we're gonna to bring to you tonight, I do wanna remind you that this wonderful series that I bring to you is based upon my book, The Magical Guide to Bliss. Um, it goes from January to December with 366 insights and certainly um, January is Carpe Diem, December is Awe-Inspiring Magic and Miracles, and we have Embracing Joy in June. So I just want to remind you with this that bliss is not an abstract idea, but an attainable state of being. And with our wonderful guests, you get to find that inspiration, those insights that just are steps that allow you just steps away from living the life you desire because you get to be influenced and inspired by these incredible, 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 extraordinary people. And tonight is no different. I get to welcome Carla to the to the stage, so to speak. Welcome, Carla. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Hello. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, like um, every single interview I do at this point, we're on episode 39. I can't believe it's been 39 in. And everyone is very special and unique to itself because I ask the guests to set their intention for the interview. And at the end of the interview, we basically go and we see the matching insight to those intentions, which is really quite magical in itself because it's a gift that you get to give from whatever number you pick to everyone who's watching tonight. So you get to impact so many people and who knows what kind of ripple effect it will have on a grander scale. We all have conversations and having conversations is the beginning of wonderful learning. So I'd love that that is completely aligned to what we're talking about tonight. And um, definitely you have so much knowledge to share. So I can't wait to do that. So between um, the number three to 397, pick a number and set your intention and we're ready to go and I get to introduce you and give everyone the background and then you get to give your little spiel yourself as to what it is that you want to talk about tonight. So are you ready? You got your you got your number? I do have my number. Awesome. So I want to give you a background and introduction to Carla. She certainly is a well uh, experienced in her area. She graduated in 2005 with a bachelor's in nursing with honors at Holy Family University in Philadelphia. She was inspired by at a young age to be a nurse when her grandfather was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which is amazing that she took a sad situation and turned it into something really positive. So she went into healthcare, the healthcare world to help other people as well. She also loves science, so it certainly was a wonderful fit for her. It's also a field that's constantly evolving and improving as we can tell today as we all face this wonderful virus that's out there that we need people with really intelligent minds to combat and take care of the people who need it the most and certainly she is at the forefront. She did work for 10 years as a trauma nurse in the ICU ward at Thomas Jefferson University in the University of Pennsylvania. And then seven years ago, she decided to further her education by going to grad school where she was a nurse practitioner, where she graduated with a nurse practitioner degree from LaSalle University. She wanted to become more independent. You can tell us a little bit more about the difference between a nurse and a nurse practitioner. I know that um, some people may not know um, exactly what that is. So I'd love for you to educate all of us as to that as well. Um, now she has been, uh, well, she graduated in 2013. She's been a nurse practitioner for six years now, right? And in college at University of Miami, She's been at the front lines of this particular pandemic, and we want to really thank you so much for your service. Mm -hmm. Certainly, um, while we're all sheltering in place and staying home during the quarantine part before we were allowed out, you know, you weren't the ones that had to go and show up to take care of the sickest ones of us. So we really, really do appreciate that and really, really can send you so much love and appreciation as well. Um, now you're talking about telemedicine as the, what a, the wave of the future, which I think is something very exciting and interesting too that's come about from this whole um, situation. Um, certainly the pandemic has affected all of us in several ways and, and perhaps you can speak to it as well because you know I'm sure as the spread was going at the early outset and no one really knew what was going on, I mean, in a matter of time before you're gonna be, uh, you know, subjected to or exposed to it. So 
even with that, you know, it speaks to the whole idea of the isolation component where you were not able to be with a lot of people that you love during this time as you serve others because the high risk exposure. And um, honestly, I can't be more excited because I think this whole process has been a journey, a venture of learning um, that maybe we can go about with more joy in mind at this point. I know with everything that's going on in the country, I don't want to not mention that as well with you know the different the various protests and and all of the um, unrest that's coming from certainly you know a situation with the Floyd murder. Um, today we can speak to some things with regard to healing elements, which is something that you do, and I think it's really timely and quite wonderful that it that we are having this conversation. So thank you so much again for joining for this extraordinary conversation. You have quite a resume. I'm very impressed. It's been quite a last six months. So let me ask you at the outset, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing better than it in the beginning of the pandemic today than three months ago, I should say. So, so let me ask you, um, can you take us back to the beginning? Because I know a lot of us, you know, we had a lot of fear because we didn't know. And you at the front lines probably have more of an idea as to what's happening. So with the knowledge, I'm sure, you know, what with what you did know, you know, maybe it was more uncertain for you, especially since you were putting yourself in harm's way most of your days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a little overwhelming and surreal watching things on the news, especially in other countries. No, you know, um, it was more uncertain. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Go, ahead. Go ahead, please. I'm so sorry. I apologize for that. Yeah, so the number of cases and the how fast it was growing, it was clearly a very contagious thing. And I guess in China, if you remember back on the news, people were really like in a hazmat, hazmat suit, like a whole bunny suit with the right. hair and everything. So I don't think we really realized, or at least I personally didn't understand the magnitude of how contagious this virus was. And nothing was really spoken about it here at, on our day-to-day -day work you know it's like oh there's a virus but you know a couple weeks later it's like oh it's in the united states so it, i guess it spread initially from california that side over so there was a little talk about it and then when it really came to an, like a real shutdown it was like out of nowhere like it just happened so fast so yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, it, was it that way for you too at the hospital that you really, it really came on very quickly as well that from one day to the next you were, you know, hearing about this rumored virus coming to the United States and then all of a sudden it's in the hospitals and in your face and what do we do now? Yeah. I mean, there was rumors like from friends or other colleagues who were sick prior in the year or who had traveled, who had this horrific, what they thought was the flu. And then looking back, you know, they were saying that it was actually kind of around, you know, even early fall, I heard at one point. Oh, wow. So it's been a while. So it actually was here in in, my, in Florida early. Well, apparently, like in the United States. But right. meanwhile, the holidays come. There's festivals. People are still traveling. I myself was in New York for Christmas. So, I mean, I was in a huge crowd at Rockefeller Center. Yeah. Like, looking back, I'm like, how did I not get the virus? Like, thank yeah. God. Yeah. So, and you, you are, so tell me, so at the outset, I asked whether, you know, you can explain the difference between a nurse and a nurse practitioner. Oh, sure. So, so my undergrad was a bachelor's in nursing and I worked in a hospital. Nurses can also work in a clinic, I guess, outside of a hospital. And you're more like a bedside nurse or, you know, you're not um, prescribing and diagnosing, mm -hmm. like managing, clinically, medically managing a patient. Mm -hmm. Um, I always knew I wanted to go to grad school, even when I was in nursing school. I just didn't really know which, which field to specialize in. So it actually took me like six, six years to figure it out. And then I finally went back and furthered my education. Therefore, it was a more intense like pharmacology class and anatomy and physiology and things like that. So you actually get case scenarios where you're clinically managing and diagnosing. Okay. Instead of following the orders, managed, you know, given by someone else, you're now, you know, that's you, that's me. <laughs> right. 
So, so, so are you, do you have to um, take an exam like an MD for a medical exam or is it just basically a nurse practitioner exam? I I don't. Yeah, there's two. So there is a nursing board of the state um, that you have to sit for and also for nurse practitioner. So it's a little, a lot more comprehensive. Okay. It's like another four years of school. Wow. So eight, eight total. And, and you said at the outset in your in your bio that it gave you more independence when you're practicing um, mm-hmm. as a as a as a nurse practitioner. You're able to diagnose and treat patients as a, as they come in. Is that right? Right, and you're kind of like looking at them like as a whole, like overall. So you went from trauma. Yeah. I mean, what was that like when you were dealing with the trauma patients at the outset yeah. when you were first starting? I mean, I can't imagine like it would be yeah. baptism, by, baptism by fire, basically, right? <laughs> yeah, it was very intense. Um, well, I, I like engagement and excitement. So for me, you know, other people might not enjoy that, but people who are critically ill and coming off of a helicopter you know, on the roof and they're in like a, a body board and they're unconscious. Like that's exciting for, for me. They're <laughs> back then it was like the sicker, the better. So oh, wow, more, there was more clinical involvement and more learning and more astuteness and attention to detail. So I, I really liked that for a long time, but it's, it can wear you down. And there's also a lot of um, death too. Oh, so wow. from an emotional standpoint, it can, kind of exhaust you in a way also. But I work with a great group of people, so. So now when you're when you're working in oncology, it's different. You're not in the emergency room. You're actually dealing with oncology patients in a separate, um, a separate uh, part of the hospital. Is that right? Um, for the most part, yes. So these are patients uh, receiving radiation who have uh, cancer for treatment, either before chemo or after chemo or before surgery or after surgery, hopefully, um, or if they recur down the road when they are in remission. So most of those patients are scheduled as an outpatient where they come in as a regular doctor's visit. And then there are the sicker ones that go in through the ER, you know, and they have advanced disease, like probably stage four at that point. And they just need like palliative care just to control pain or help them breathe better. So, so how did how did this whole situation with COVID impact your patients who were not that had to go get their palliative care, but at the same time didn't want to expose themselves with really challenged immune systems at this point, I'm sure, to yeah. you know being subjected to or exposed to a virus? Yeah, that was um, an ongoing concept to figure out because um, they're immunocompromised. So Um, A lot of them were scared, not wanting to come in, and then some were supposed to get treatment, and then it was delaying the treatment, so that was another source of, you know, anxiety for the patient who has cancer and knows they have cancer, and now you have to wait to get treatment, like that kind of, you know, snowballed the the anxiety of everything going on. So quickly, we um, kind of shifted to telemedicine, um, which I think is great, and then after the glitches were worked out in the first couple of weeks, it was pretty smooth and everyone gets to stay home and feel less anxiety and feel safe because they're cancer survivors. They don't want to go into a place and be exposed by even me. I'm, I, we try to minimize our exposure to our patients too. So this is like the best way to really do it. So let me ask, with regard to telemedicine, was that a concept that was already, you know, playing around? They were already playing around with it in the hospitals to do this kind of service through, uh, you know, through through telemedicine rather than in person, or is this something that was just a matter like, you know, innovation comes from a des- you know, de- you know, necess- necessity really? Yeah, some departments already had it running up and running. Ours particularly did not, so um, it was like a big scramble. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Yeah, there was the people in the department who weren't, I guess, considered essential, even though everyone contributes essentially to the to the care of these patients, um, started to work from home. But then people like me, I did not have that option. I really, nothing changed for me. I continued to go to work every day. Right. So, um, as far as the patients who are inside the hospital who go in through the emergency room or, you know, need more emergent care, 
that was a little bit of a challenge because we had a delay in like our personal protective equipment, like the appropriate personal protective equipment. And it's like, should we go up to the room and they're in the same elevators that they're using for the other patients? And how do we minimize our exposure and to them too? And then there's COVID-19 patients. So we were all a little, I I know I was very um, uncomfortable. I I wanna show everybody your rendition of, of, what, of what it looks like. Hang on, put you on the other side. Uh, so this is yeah. what you have had to wear since the beginning or have, but you were indicating that they didn't have the PPE that initially. So you had to like basically juggle with what you did have at that point, correct? Yeah, this picture actually was the first day I got my PPE. So oh. I have a yellow mask, which is really not the appropriate not the appropriate um, droplet precaution mask that you wanna wear. So underneath the blue is like the actual N95 mask. And that was what I didn't have from the very beginning. It took a little bit of time. So when I got that, I put the other one over it just to kind of, it was like my lifesaver. I didn't wanna lose it or spoil it or dirty it. So I, that was the first day. Yeah, that was probably towards the end of March. At the end of the March. Wow. It feels like a, a <laughs> lifetime ago at this point. Yeah. Right? I mean, like literally what happened? <laughs> We're all like, yeah. wow, I'm sure for you more than, than others. And and you had mentioned to me that this picture actually made it into a, a magazine. So she's the favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Apparently I'm on a commercial somewhere. Oh, like a the, commercial. The okay. Um, it was going to be considered for a magazine. A friend of mine's brother works for Women's Day, and it was like a challenge on Facebook, you know, helping support each other on other right. healthcare workers. You know, we're, we really came all together. It was, that to me was, that really stands out. And I'm just so happy, like, we all were thinking of each other because it was, even though we weren't around the same state, but. Um, so yeah, that kind of made it, I think to a, I haven't personally seen the commercial, but I have friends who have, and they're like, Oh, you're on TV. (laughs) What he just said was really kind of important. I think that, you know, on these kind of really challenging times, one of the best things that we can do and and literally in different, you know, alcoves in the world, the country, whatever, is that we come together. Like there's always that rally cry. And it sounds to me like you all, you all significantly came together to support each other and then and to support the patients. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Especially in March when this, you, you didn't have the PPE, then you had the PPE and then, you know, you take yeah. it. I mean, now we have face shields and goggles and now, now we have like the bruise marks and all the lines yeah. in our face, which is, you know, but um, yeah, I have some ER physician friends up north and, you know, that's more of a hot spot in Philadelphia and Pencil or New York. So I was kind of checking in with them to see how, what's going on and how they're handling things. Right. And, you know, if they are protected or, you know, what are their caseloads? Do they have enough respirators? Is it really like this big surge? Like, what am I, what do I need to do now to prepare? You know, so um, a lot of people were quarantining themselves from their own families. Wow. Um, I saw a couple posts on Facebook. People were making out their wills. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, it's not funny, but it's like, oh my God, because we really just don't know every day. And and then too, in, in my current hospital, I was there's some uh, employees who passed away from the virus. Wow! So, so it really hits home. It's not like a possibility. Right. Yeah. So as you're reading the news or watching the news, you're hearing the statistics. You start seeing patients trickle in. Uh, we had a designated floor in the penthouse that has negative pressure rooms, which is what you need for that an air, an air droplet precaution. Um, and then that gets a little bit filled up and you're like, okay, well, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, well, I just want to point out to you that Camelia Flanagan, who's a nurse at HCA Healthcare West Houston, Texas Therapy Department, the Daily Grind, she's she's supporting you with lots of prayers uh, and hearts. So, yeah, so you're absolutely right. The community of healthcare workers certainly oh, yeah. in fact show up and support each other especially during what you're saying, the unknown, the uncertainty, the fear, as well as the necessity to take care of these people who are keep coming in. You still have to rise to the challenge. So I want to shout out to Camelia, to Camelia too. And, and, and certainly, you know, I, you know, one of the things I think you spoke to with regard to your bio, well, is that, you know, it does, it's very isolating, you know, that your own friends, you have to quarantine families are quarantined from each other. So they protect each other 
from the spread of the virus and and where are we now in June as opposed to March at this point you know so you know that's I guess is really a good question to ask you is where, where are we now what do you what is your take on all of this and maybe what have you learned in this whole process at this point the joyous adventure of learning yes yeah gosh I learned um so much I guess on a personal level and also on a professional level um even though I'm in oncology and it's in my daily life, you know, people who have cancer, it's a life-changing event. And it's always like you hear their stories, oh, I'm too young, or oh, I wish I did this or that. And it, oh, wow. I always kind of live that lifestyle anyway, because I just don't know when my day is too, because sometimes my patients are younger than me. Oh, wow. Or early 20s even. It's really surprising what you see. So um, I've already had that mentality, but then when it really happened and it's like, well, I don't have, I don't get to stay home. I don't know if I will today I'll get the virus or not, or I'll give it to one of my patients. I still am careful now that it's a little bit more controlled, um, but I don't go out like everyone else is to, you know, I try to, cause I'm always thinking if I go back and, you know, spread this to my, my immunocompromised patients that right. would, I would never forget myself so well it really becomes you you know by you protecting yourself with the mask because I I know that that's something that we all are cognizant about now you see a lot of people down here at least in Miami maybe not so much as you would think but you know I protect you from me and you protect you from you know right. thing from me from you so you know it becomes I taking care like you're saying because I don't want to impact or infect my patients who are relying on me for that palliative care that they so desperately need at this point, which is really a, another part of the role of the of the the healthcare worker, the the caretaker at, at that. Well, yeah, that and my coworkers too. I mean, we yeah. all have to look out for each other. So yeah. that's wow. that was one thing I we all kind of just did as a magnet. It just happened, which was mm -hmm. wonderful because it really kept us up standing upright and then on a personal level I would say it was like a kind of a good reset button to kind of just reset yourself and you know think about what's more important to you in this point in time and yeah. all these things that you thought mattered before weren't quite as important to now really what could be taken away from you so fast so I I found myself moving towards other things like I've wanted to do like reading or you know, connecting with someone I, you know, just people were really meaningful to me and who I wanted to stay close with. So that's, that's, I think, you know, it's funny because we talk about 2020 and, and a lot of people were talking about vision and clarity of vision, you know, 2020 vision at the beginning of the year. I can't believe that we had such an incredible pause to get clarity around the vision. Certainly a lot of us had to stop. A lot of us had to go, but a lot of us certainly are getting a lot more like you had you had the clarity before, yeah. but now it, it's more articulated, more in focus. And, you know, we were talking before about some of the most important quotes, you know, and mm -hmm. I think this is one of the ones that you were talking about is Einstein, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. Now tell us what that, what that means to you. That's one of the quotes that you said impact you the most on this journey. Yes. I think, um, as far as this, like the ability to change and like being resilient and, um, handling adversity, so even when I had no idea what was going to happen to me or at work or, you know, even grocery shopping was like a nightmare. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you kind of had to readjust your whole lifestyle. And even though it is isolating, I think, at least for me, I found great ways to still connect with, with family and friends and just do things that are just a little bit different that you never really had to think about before. Right. I think I think that is actually something that's really powerful when you think about that is to have that resiliency that you said to be flexible when you need to be flexible to see what we're doing that's not working and and fine tune it and you know perhaps you know you know bear it out in the conversation. I think that's really one of the things that would help even the healing part the what you're very good at you know the healing from the broken places rather than covering up the wound and letting it just kind of fester below the surface and i think certainly you know all of 
all the people who stand for that and, and rally around that cry of the ability to change certainly is definitely certainly is something that we can be all inspired by. So let me ask you this. Um, today's quote is from Dr. Seuss and one of the favorite teachers of all time, certainly. And the quote today um, in the theme is the more that you read, the more things you will know, the more that you'll learn, the more places you'll go. And from the book, the places you'll go, right? Where most people who graduate usually get that book if they're lucky enough to, you know, be inspired and to open up the possibility and perspective to the world and all the things that you're gonna learn as you go go about. And you know, education and hard work, you know, being those work ethics, those things that are important at the core. I know that for you and, and how you were inspired by your grandfather, certainly. I know that you have the Italian American background too with your last name, Fazio Minasra. Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> let me ask you, you know, how how do you take all of this, all of this education learning and use that now during this challenging time and how you expand that into your future? Because you know, we're all really kind of shining a light, you know, in this darkness. And and how is you as a light worker, you know, bring that light into your present and then also the future? Well, I try to just focus on what to me is the most important. You know, it's kind of like prioritizing, which I saw very clear on this reset button I had when we were had no choice but to like stand still and just, you know, kind of shelter in place. Mm -hmm. So from that point forward, it was pretty clear and, and it made it easier for me to know really moving forward what I wanted to focus on for myself, including self-care, which I had to start doing also because then I care for people every day and then I have to then care for myself too. And that impacts, you know, my job if I don't do that. <laughs> so well, I, I do want to point out you are an incredible <laughs> active person. And I found this great picture of you. I think it's yeah. you're, you're doing a triathlon. Is that what it is? Or um, that was the Dolphins Cancer Challenge. Um, I was a, a 35 mile bike race for uh, cancer cancer research at University of Miami. So like for you, when you say self-care, what's one of the best tools that you can use to, you know, clear your head? I know that, you know, you're always running. I always yeah. think you're always about running, you know? I love to run. Yes. Well, just being in the fresh air for me is like so important because the mask, I can't really breathe that well. Um, I get headaches uh, from wearing it all day. It's not really designed to wear for eight hours straight. Um, so the second I get home, I... Put my scrubs in the washing machine. My shoes are wiped down. They're in the car in a plastic bag, and then I just dress and shower, and then I'm out in the out in the nature. So yeah. water, you know, which we have here, and the fresh air and running is kind of been my my reset, a mind eraser, I guess, after work. So, so did you always uh, love running, or is that something that you picked up when you? I know you're from Philadelphia, moving down to yeah, Miami. That's yeah. something that you did there too. I don't know. No, actually, I was. I did. I never liked running, and I actually started it in grad school in Philadelphia, even in the snow, because. Oh I, wow! Yeah, I I was um, so cooped up from the winter, and study, I went to grad school and also worked full time, so I had no time, like nothing at all, for myself. Um, and I, I just went out there one day and I just started running and I put my shoes on and now I've done 13 half marathons. <laughs> oh, wow. 13. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Picture you now running up the steps where Rocky, you know, went to the dungeon. Yeah, I used to. That's exactly what I did. I lived right there at the art museum. <laughs> oh, you did? That's awesome. Did you actually run up those stairs to the top yeah. and jump around? That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, house Road. That was my little path. Yeah. That's awesome. And I just awesome. haven't stopped since. And now That's I love awesome. it. It's a lifestyle. So that wow. yoga or really having good people around you, um, yeah. you know, a positive environment, at least for me, helps me a lot. You know, and I, I do love the fact that you're mentioning that it does clear your head. I think that one of the things that certainly I strive for is to find ways to minimize stress because, you know, stress in and of itself, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you're the healthcare practitioner, but, you know, stress will lower your immune system. Yeah. So is yeah. that right? Like, can you speak to that a little bit so people can get an idea of, you know, mm -hmm. maybe? you know, why it is that you have to learn, to, like seriously learn to breathe, like, stop and breathe, like breathe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally breathe. And we really forget, it's true. Yeah. I, in March, or yeah, in March, I 
I, uh, for as much as I went to school, it's like I, I didn't even know how to do it anymore because I myself had anxiety and I wasn't sleeping well and um, or eating right. So I, I had to just take a step back and, and like get a hold of myself and yeah. take take a breath and just calm down and do one thing at a time and little by little you just kind of get back into the groove and then you're like okay now I'm that's out of the way and I'm going to get back to what I can do so having control of those things which I think is like you know it could be a bath could be running could be yoga could be reading a nice book it's these are all things for yourself that you have to really focus on really every day I think so making time for yourself every day is really a necessity. It's not really a, a luxury. You really have to do it, especially like when you said, I know that when I was str uh, struggling with anxiety, you know, certainly, you know, that was something for me that, you know, by taking those moments to just take, uh, you know, to calm my nervous system down, which was really yeah. like, it sounds so like woo woo and out there, but literally my mm -hmm. parents, had, I was kind of on flight or flight constantly. And as a, as a nurse yeah. practitioner, doctor, et cetera, you know, you know that we're not intended to be in this, in, this inflammatory position all the time. It really does yeah. compromise. It's overload over time. And and yeah, certainly it's not healthy for us. So, you know, I, I wanted to say, you know, one of the things that we were talking about before, and I love this quote, and, and I don't know if you can see it, but uh, to read yes. it, oh, go ahead, read it, read it, read it. Oh, so this is a quote by John Lennon uh, saying when he was five years old, his mother always told him that happiness was the key to life. When he was in school, they asked him what he wanted to, when he wanted to grow up uh, to write down, Wait, where am I? When I was in school, he asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I wrote down happy. And they told me I did not understand the assignment. And then he replied back and said, I told them that they did not understand life. That's amazing. It's amazing. I I, I literally read that. <laughs> I've read it before, but when you when you spoke to that, I was like, it's so true. Like, yeah. you know, really, and it kind of goes with the whole theme of embracing joy in June and, and everyone, what are they protesting? Everyone's right to be happy in this world, to be joy, to, to pursuit of happiness. What everybody was, you know, encouraged to have that right in, in, in under our constitution, you know, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And when I read this, it's so true at its foundation, the, the assignment, what do you want to be when you grow up is happy. And I think that that's why everyone is like enough, enough. So let me ask you, how does that speak to you? And, and why did you pick this to share with us? I love it. Why did you pick it? I, you know, I, I've had this for years. Um, I'm a huge fan of John Lennon. He's always, his lyrics, I think, have always been about peace and happiness and, you know, coming together. And so when I read this, to, at least for myself, I interpret it as school is a way of learning, you know, which is not a bad way to learn. It's something everyone should do. But there's things that you learn in life outside of school, you know, experiences or things about yourself or traveling or, you know, meeting interesting people and growing into you know, yourself and being comfortable out of your comfort zone and yeah. you know, handling all these things, which aren't really always taught in the classroom. So maybe that's what could make you happy or the classroom could make you happy. It's, it's a global way of learning, like outside of the box thinking. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, and I want to add to that because I think there's a, a certain curiosity that, you know, we have as children Right. And, and, and how we see the world and how we want to like touch everything. We want to learn everything. Yeah. We want to grab onto everything that <laughs> as adults, you know, we, we lose sight of because of we think that we're striving for, you know, materialistic items and, and, and not that that's bad. Materialistic abundance is not bad. It's just the real, the realization that, you know, it's not going to make you happy. That really is truly going to give you pleasure, but it's not going to make you happy unless you're, you have that professional or that personal advancement with the learning. And, and I think that comes from the curiosity. And I think that, you know, what you just said is, you know, education is experience as a whole travel and everything. And I, I wanted to share with, you know, I, I do love travel as well. 
And one of the things that we were talking about also is when you were in Brazil and look how happy you were. Where where exactly was that when you were traveling the world? Um, That was in a place, a beach town called Buzios in Brazil. Um, yeah, I look pretty happy there. I, yeah. I, I was like, this is bliss. I saw the picture and I'm like, wow, I got to put that up there because you just look happy. And, 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 you know, uh, certainly you were with friends and family and tell us a little bit yeah. more about that whole experience and, and the memories when you see it. Um, that was a, a, a wonderful wedding I was in actually, and a place that I never thought I would even go to, which is Brazil. Um, I do not speak Portuguese. <laughs> so um, I was the wedding I was in was with a good friend of mine who is uh, Brazilian who married another Brazilian. So I was part of the wedding. And during that time I was there uh, in Sao Paulo, I was very close to this beach, Buzios, which they recommended to go to. And also the um, Christ the Redeemer, one of the- Oh, uh, yes. You yeah. saw that. Oh, wow. I have a thing for the wonders of the world. I just, oh. I've, I haven't seen all of them, but I hope I can. But one day, so it's on your bucket list, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, so I wanted to. I went there uh, to also see the wonder of the world and check out this uh, beautiful beach. And you know, for like not knowing the country, not even knowing where I was on the map or the language, nothing. It was just the environment and the energy and the experience and um i'm just so thankful that i was in this (laughs) i went to this wedding and i got a chance to go to this place i mean that was the first time you were in brazil yeah wow that's amazing and and you said the real the reality is that you went outside your comfort zone and it was something that you had to know all day out of my comfort zone oh that's awesome (laughs) wow yeah christ the redeemer is something i definitely want to add to my list of things to see in this world um you know the show the show is really about introducing people that don't know your extraordinariness, literally. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm happy to highlight your ability to serve because you really do serve in many ways on the every day. And, and, and many people who are impacted by you are validated and, and taken care of by you with a spirit of learning, you know, certainly instead of following blindly, what do you think is the thing that moves you in life now that I, even at this point where you're looking back from March to now, this present time now, and, and, and thinking about, you know, reset, like you said, where, where do you think now you're going to take the rest of your life? If you know, you had a chance to do anything in the world that you want, like, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Um, anything. Wow. That's so, well, I'm a curious person as it is. So I don't, see myself doing just one thing always and I want to be able to be open and continue to grow and you know welcome new opportunities that are presented to me because even where I am now I never planned that it's just already happened it just happened that I now live in Miami and I work at the University of Miami so I'm I'm excited about the next chapter even though I I don't have it all planned out and there's a lot of unknown would you say that at this point you're a very intentional person or do you just, you know, say, okay, where's the wind take me? I mean, I like <laughs> to control everything. I can't even be like, that's really what this, this whole thing has shown me is that I can't control everything. And sometimes I just have to let it go and go with the flow, which is certainly not like in my genetic code, but I'm having to learn it, which, you know, is necessary yeah. about you as well. I, I, I would say in the past, I was more like that, more trying to not micromanage, but I wanted things done just a certain way, or I wanted to do just one thing. And I feel like the more I tried to do that, the less it would happen. And, and then poof, out of nowhere, out of no explanation to my own self, this other opportunity, I would just, it would just be there. And then poof, out of nowhere, I'm now doing that. So I've learned to kind of thought like not go against the resistance. I love it. So what you resist persists, right? I've heard that four times today. So I guess you really have to say it out loud. It's true. So once you let go, 
perhaps things will move along flowingly mm-hmm. instead of you know pushing against the 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 tide which is probably something i would normally do unfortunately exhausting <laughs> myself you know and coming to the point where enough is enough so you know it, it's interesting that you can you know manifest this life of yours you've basically manifested it you're in miami you know i i want to get better at it that's such a thing well i I mean every day we have a live when we wake up we have a chance (laughs) to improve or better ourselves literally or learn more or get more curious around who shows up and the connections and who knows who you'll connect with tonight lord knows you know the opportunity certainly is there the synchronicities do rise to the occasion when you put yourself outside your comfort zone i also posted today i was like I don't live in the box. I don't live outside the box. I don't even know where the hell the box is. So, you know, literally, (laughs) when you come at it like that, you know, it kind of opens the world to so many possibilities. So this is the cool thing. I love these conversations because we get to benefit from your ability to manifest and bring all of this incredibleness to the floor, right? Mm -hmm. So it's time to manifest. And... As far as tools go, I would love to start with asking you what's most important to you now in this epic of your life. What is most important to me is, um, I would say maintaining or having a fulfilling life. So how do you empower other people to step up and engage to empower themselves to start getting curious about that in and of itself, you know, having a more um, wonderful life? Well, I try to, I hope um, I'm a positive influence and I can discuss these ideas with people and, you know, think of ways to get there or, you know, build up their confidence, maybe to feel comfortable to take that step and be excited for them and happy for them when they do do it. So sometimes you just. You know, it's funny because I heard a wonderful quote by Gloria Steinem, and she said, um, they asked her at 80 years old, they said, um, are you ready to pass the torch to someone else? And if so, who? And she turned and she said, I'm not going to give up my torch. What I'm going to do is I'm going to light all the torches of those who are following me so that oh, she can light there so they can share their light with others which i was just I like, like that. that was wonderful so don't give up your torch always hold on to your light but yet you light the candle or spark the hope or spark the insight which you're saying have the conversations so that you can engage others to really come alive and shine which i think is specifically what you're saying as you show up in this world mm-hmm. and what you're doing so what do you prioritize in this new season or decade of your life? Well, since my reset button, it's time, my time. I like that. I like that. So the whole self-care component really comes to light at this point then. Yes. Oh, yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. So the reset's been good for you then. You know, I, I've really enjoyed this quarantine. I really <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but it's um I, I've been busier now than I was before the quarantine and I was pretty busy then too, but I found so many things that are or interest like painting or water painting I have and the acrylics and I've read three books and I'm reading your book now and I, I can't stop. I'm like on a roll and I awesome doing workouts at home now and I'm probably in better shape than I was when our gym was open. <laughs> so. That is awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, le- literally glass half full where you were forced to, you know, pause, reset, sit inside, and then, you know, starting off with the anxiety that you're speaking to and then taking a little step, a little step, a little step, building upon, you know, just waking up and, and, and shifting your perspective to the possibilities. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing, Carla. Adjusting. I had to adjust. adjust. And goes to your point with regard to change, with Einstein said, that's amazing. So what, so how do you start getting in alignment with this? Like what you said, how did you start getting alignment with your adjustments in the reset at this point? Well, I would make, I guess, short-term or long-term goals, write out, you know, what I wanted or, you know, start lining things up or ordering what I wanted and finish one book before I start the other, not to, you know, because before that I was kind of, reading three books at one time and then I'd finish one and then the other half would never get done because then I'm (laughs) outside things and you know so I felt more focused with this so I I knew like what I wanted and 
worked out one thing at a time and sure enough i got it all done and it's only been three months and, yeah. and, and I'm sure there's, there's, you know, those things that you, that, that were lingering for so long, those things that you wanted to learn for so long, now that you have mm -hmm. it, you figured out what you like and you, what you don't like. So you can fine tune what it is that you like and put more effort toward that. Um, once again, I would love to know um, <laughs> some best tools or practices. I know that you, you exercise and, and how do you incorporate, like say for instance, some people, well, like I, I told my best friend this week, I said, okay, the quarantine party, had to end. I needed to figure out. Okay, this can't be the way it goes forward anymore. I need to really, you know, self care too, and you know, and make it more of a routine in my life. How? What? And and you seem to do that. You seem to have a routine. So how would you, or what would you recommend tools or practices for you that would help others or inspire others, or perhaps give them little tips of advice that they could do that for themselves as well. Yeah, well, what you said, like routine, I guess, would be a good thing. Like maybe some people are not working right now or they're working from home um, or their work hasn't changed and they're leaving. So in the morning, if you have time or during the day, there's things you can do online. I feel like everything is free right now. Um, I even did ballet lessons with the oh, Miami wow. <laughs> City Ballet. Is that for free right now? Yes. Oh, wow. And do you have a, do you know the website that people can go to if they're interested in taking ballet lessons with the Miami City Ballet, which is like yeah. one of the best. all levels. You could do it with your kids. I mean, I, uh, it's Miami City Ballet. Um, I did it on Instagram. So they do a lot of live, um, you know, show or practices. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. Wow. Working out. Um, a lot of people get together and talk about certain topics. Um, I've done a lot of like science things. Um, and then I've read too, like just by myself or discuss things with friends and um, just keeping a schedule and sleep for me is really like my big, my big thing I cannot live without. And yeah. if I don't have it, I'm not productive. I don't feel well, you know, I'm very sluggish and then I don't eat right. And then one thing builds on top of the other. So having a routine, you know, focusing on your one thing for the day. Maybe I don't do my ballet and I run outside or vice versa, or, you know, watching a documentary, something that's, you know, interesting and, you know, trying to calm yourself down from the noise outside. That to me helps me a lot. That's awesome. Uh, really be conscious about, you know, tuning out the noise so you can hear and be still. I think that's yeah. everything's so negative right now. The news, the protesting. Yeah. yeah. I was told the other day, turn off the TV. Literally, I had like I felt like I had to watch the TV. I had to be informed, but like sometimes it's over informed. Like literally, you yeah. need a break because you really absorb that. You don't realize how much of that you you absorb. Then at yeah. one point, you just feel run down. Yeah, so. yeah, and and then you really do need to take care of yourself because you'll be depleted, and nobody needs someone who's depleted in your life because if you have all your other responsibilities and plus that that little bit of happiness that you know what do you want to be when you grow up happy like certainly <laughs> not you know not tuning out you know what's happening but also you know mm -hmm. understanding that there's so much that you can to, to be good for anyone you need to put the mask on yourself and i think that's certainly what you're doing with your self-care routine that's amazing so i think that's a wonderful thing um so Back to, at the beginning of the interview, I asked you to pick a number mm -hmm. that aligned with your intention. So what was your intention for this interview tonight? Um, my intention was to have an open mind so you can receive the message or the lesson of what it is next that is presented to you so you can learn and grow. And let me ask you this, as far as joyous learning is concerned, what is the primary benefit that you benefited from, from really having that curious mind that you speak about? Because I, I think when people see it as a gift rather than a burden, it turns it on, it on its head. Like I tell my kids all the time, well, if you learn this, then you'll know whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, then you can move on to something else. It's simple as that. Yeah, I mean, one day you might want to drop it in like chat at a nice party and I don't know, not to be left out of the conversation, but like for you, like what is that thing that you would want to share? Oh my gosh. Well, I just have um 
a real curiosity and I'm drawn to different things and different people or cultures or experiences. And it um, helps me have like an open perspective to handle or even relate with other people to yeah. situations. So that is also a way of growing and learning and adjusting. And, and when you, when you show up, when you show up to um, the bedside of someone who's mm. significantly challenged with mm. an illness with your curiosity, how do you show up with an open mind to be present to the patients who are under your care and who, honestly, I really believe that someone who gives someone a space to be heard also is a healing element in the, in the process too, which is makes you really important, really important to, you know, the people who are really scared. Yeah. I hear so many different things or um, concerns of what is important at that time in their life when they don't really have many days left. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being compassionate and listening and, you know, sometimes they just want to talk. Sometimes there is something in your power that you, you can do for them um, besides the actual process of the treatment. Right. Um, so and then being really comforting and supportive, I think, is probably the most way that someone can feel that you're there for them and you care. It's amazing. And, and you know, the whole process of, of allowing that space for healing, too, however that is, however that unfolds. Um, that's amazing. So what number did you pick, Carla? 65. 65. So you have your book with you. So yeah. you're going to be reading to us tonight from page 65 of The Magical Guide to Bliss. Once again, she's reading from my book, The Magical Guide to Bliss. Oh, and, wow. and it's going to align with the intention of having an open mind to hear whatever it is that you need to hear tonight. Okay. Well, page 65 says... February 29th, take a giant leap, um, which is kind of interesting, which is all this openness about yeah. learning and not being, you know, being confident and moving forward. So do you want me to read it? I do. I would love for you to read it. Okay. You're comfortable with reading it. I, I prefer, I prefer you reading it. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so take a giant leap. You will travel in a land of marvels. This was by... Jules Verne, who was a French novelist, poet, and playwright. Perhaps you have thought you do not have enough hours in your days to accomplish all the goods, all the good that needs to be done. Today, you get an added 24 hours to travel in this land of marvels. While this fabulous opportunity comes only once every four years, it would behoove you to not waste the chance to do something really special to advance your dreams. The leap day was added to the Gregorian calendar as a corrective measure because the Earth does not orbit around the sun in precisely 365 days. And today can be seen as a magical day in which your actions can lend a restorative quality to enhance your future. Take a giant leap to write the direction of your life. Take mm -hmm. advantage of this extra time to venture forth and live your dreams. From sunrise to sunset, appreciate this extra gift in this rather uncommon year and make plans to set a course in a better direction by letting go and leaping into a marvelous new course of action. Wow. Wow. Ah! wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and then the magical key to bliss. So close your eyes, make a wish and ceremoniously take a leap to see it come true. Wow. And you know, it's interesting that you pick 65 because this is our leap year and it's an uncommon year. I would say certainly well, not what everyone expected for 2020, I'm sure in February um, to where we are now. And, and most, most certainly it may be a time to take a leap of faith to correct the course of action so that we can bring in a more incredible future. And, and certainly I'd love to hear how that impacted you that, that. Wow. It really did because I think what we know as our old normal is mm. when we get back to this quote unquote n new normal, it, it will be a new normal. So we're going to have to learn how to adjust and adapt to a, a new life that we have never lived before. Wow. And, and I think that thinking about it like that, like how, you know, what you were speaking from the beginning, change 
you know, with, with Einstein and, you know, the, the goal, the experiment of how I want to be when I grow up is happy and what we all can do to bring each other along, certainly in our passion and our professions with what you do on a daily basis with your patients mm -hmm. and how we approach this world, dealing with all these wonderful, you know, new complexities and, and an uncommon year. 2020 has been, yeah. uh, I think how perfect that message is for embracing more joy, certainly with learning. And the key to bliss today is keep the door open to learning and in an act of service, invite others to join you, which I think that is what you said you do with your curiosity, with your ability to engage with, you know, coming from a place of love. Cause I said um, before today, I was like, you know, Love is stronger and more contagious than hate or any virus. And the bottom line is if we all start from that place, whatever comes from that can be really magical. And I really love the fact that, you know, I, I, I saw this yesterday because the Tony Awards usually are this past weekend. And unfortunately, which I'm a huge Broadway fan, we go every summer, you know, with my father, we call it Poppy Palooza. And <laughs> Like Broadway plays, and it's like this creative explosion of happiness. Literally, just watching the creative arts unfold with these incredible shows and these amazing singers, and 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 you know, I and and, and this is from his Tony Award-winning speech for Hamilton um, oh, after yeah. the after the shooting at the in the Orlando Pulse Club, and he speaks to love is love is love is love is love, and. And I found that I, I, I was reminiscing because I miss I miss the Tonys and <laughs> that's what came to mind. So I think um, with everything tonight, with this joyous adventure of learning for you that you've shared with us, um, I think that, you know, certainly when you come from a place of love, which is is what we all are called to to align with our purpose from that passionate place. Um, we can manifest our dreams in a most incredible way and move forward and do amazing things together. And we can heal a lot of the wounds that are really out there in the open, you know, for all of us to see. So final bit of inspiration. Oh, first, before I, I give you the final bit of inspiration for tonight, I do want to ask you if anyone wants to contact you, how can they get in touch with you? Are you on Facebook? Are you like, certainly if they have any questions in regard to, you know, what's happening in the world of, um, you know, the healthcare, whatever things that you might want to help share others to learn about, how would they contact you, Carla? Sure. Um, I do have a, they can just email me. Okay. Um, I can give you that now or say that loud on, on, and I'll go ahead and put it. Oh, in the sure. um, so it's my last name, F-A-Z-I-O, the number 11, the letter C as in cats at Gmail. And, and I'm also on Instagram. I kind of joined. I know I'm a little bit late. Never <laughs> <laughs> late party. If it's only yeah. party, right? Yeah, but I'm also on Instagram too. So. And what, what is your at? Is it at Carla Fazio? Uh, Carla Fazio seven. Okay, so there you go. So those are two places you can contact Carla and connect with her and her magic and her wonderful curiosity and all the things that she gets to share with us. <laughs> um, you know, I, I do want to once again, thank you, Carla, as you've shown up as an essential worker to help heal a nation that really um, was going through a very, and still is going through a tumultuous time. You know, people are going to look for the, the, you know, the caregivers, the health workers, the light workers, literally, and you're one of them. And, and we really do appreciate you um, from, you know, deep down in our hearts. So before we end, you get the final bit of inspiration to share with everyone who's listening tonight. Well, I just want to leave with everyone, even though in our challenging times, keep an open mind, you know, stay true to yourself and take care of yourself. And all of this will pass and will come out really much better than we were before. Physically, emotionally, mentally, everything. That's amazing. I love that. This too shall pass. It was a, a I did an abundance meditation this last 21 days. And one of the days um, it spoke to that. Uh, the king had asked one of his monks to write um, something that he could lean on when he was feeling challenged. And and he said, put it on, in the inside of a ring 
And when I'm feeling challenged, I'll read it. So one of the days that, you know, his, his kingdom was being overtaken, he was ridden to the end of the, the world, literally his within minutes of his life. And he read the ring and it said, this too shall pass. And it got silent and the horses went by and then he went back and there was a celebration and he got all happy because you know the celebration of life and everyone is together celebrating how wonderful he saved the day and the monk came up to him and said you know still read what's inside the ring this too shall pass so it's the good and the bad times and we just have to be present in the moments because each one will pass it's just how we enjoy and experience that so keeping that in mind i love that you said that i love that you leave us with that tonight thank you so much for your service to all the sick and the well and and in the pandemic beforehand and now i want you all to thank carla with me we'll have a, a huge embracing hug of joy for you I wanna remind everybody to remember that we're all here as deliberate creators of our lives. We need to dream big and let others, and all together we can raise the positive vibration on this planet so that we can all live a life of bliss, pursuit of happiness. Enjoy the magic and miracles, shine your beautiful light, embrace joy in June. Until next time we get to meet again in June, I want you to manifest the most beautiful life you can imagine. Let's love ourselves exactly where we are reach out to others and continue to spread the love. Remember this too shall pass. Blessings and bliss. Thank you so much, Carla, for being with us tonight. Good night, everybody. And remember, love is love is love is love is love. All right. Good night, Carla. Thank you so Good much. Night. Good night. Bye, everyone. Thank